1: Sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello, I'm Adam Bayfield and welcome to the World Cricket Show. I'm switching those two things around, so I'm trying to give myself a bit of a bigger profile. My agent suggested that I needed to uh, get my brand out there a bit more, so I'm switching them around. You've been struggling a bit. Very much so. I think they've identified
0: that I've kind of become the star of the show. It's understandable.
1: Well, anyway, like I said before, my name is Adam Bayfield, and this is the World Cricket Show, and this week I'm joined by some other bloke. His name is Tony Kerr. Evening. Would you object if we just renamed this the Adam Bayfield Show with Tony Kerr?
0: Would I object? Objects. Yeah. Object is the first thing i do, probably. Object is... a first in a series of increasingly violent actions that i take, probably. Object is a weak word.
1: Then what? Walk out? Start... Lock, in, lock myself into the studio. Start legal proceedings. How's it going this week, Tane? Yeah, it's good, thanks, mate. Did you have a good holiday? I did, thanks, yeah. You've been skiing, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, or snowboarding. Well, I mean, I, I, you'd sort of generally call it skiing. People don't it's say, got ski, I'm off snowboarding for a week, do they?
0: Well, that's what I did tell some people.
1: Yeah, no, it's really good, mate. You enjoyed skiing, did you? Yeah, that's it. Uh, I did. What were you doing? Half pipe, yeah, just
0: border cross, did some uh, did the pipe. Well, it didn't really do the pipe. I kind of rode down the pipe. It's kind of straight down the middle. I don't know, that's not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I don't think really. Yeah, yeah. i have not quite. Whilst I'm quite competent, were you hoping to, <laughs> to, to do yeah. some tricks
1: and stuff, and then you just bottled it? Like <laughs> he was goes, t- Tony. He's gonna he's gonna pull out something massive, and you just went straight <laughs> straight down, down the middle. Literally it. didn't touch the sides. Uh
0: well I'm quite competent on a snowboard at going places. Oh yeah. I just haven't mastered kind of air yet. So that's kind of my next my next mission.
1: Front side twists or whatever. What are the what are the names of the tricks? Melon grab. Melon <laughs> grab. <laughs> yeah. Nose grab. I'm a bit surprised you're not out in Sochi actually. You, well, you do seem to know all the terminology. Yeah. That's that's half the battle in snowboarding, isn't it?
0: <laughs> it's half the battle. Uh, yeah, I was a bit disappointed not to get an invite from anyone. An invite? you're not
1: really invited to these things.
0: BBC Sport, you know. You
1: have think to we... actually qualify.
0: I think me and you could have done probably a pretty good job on the commentary. <laughs> it, was, it was quite controversial, the BBC commentary.
1: A lot of complaints a lot about the Slayboard. Like
0: I mean, a, a lot of people saying you know, it was really good. It was quite kind of, it was raw, wasn't it? wasn't your usual, what you'd usually expect from a kind of sports event.
1: Well, the, the But it is a different were, sport, so... They were just getting so into it, weren't they? And also, like, really cheering the British athletes yeah. in a way that, you know, arguably they're not supposed to, certainly on the BBC. Well,
0: things I don't buy... I, I don't buy that complaint, though, because, you know, when Mo is running home, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, yeah.
1: That's probably true, yeah. Steve, Steve Crown was like, come on, Mo! you've got to do it? <laughs> yeah, but it was well, more that when other competitors were falling they were going yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is I think what people were upset about
0: yeah although well, I guess like you know in cricket if well, it hasn't really happened it didn't really happen did it, over the winter but if an England bowler ripped out Aussie wicket yeah the English contest yeah. would be like
1: got him they, yeah got oh, him yeah. They, it's, that's the thing it's just the word yes isn't it <laughs> yeah. if, they, if, 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 if a Sane win,
0: yes yes screw you Australia <laughs> yeah, they'd be yeah. like
1: no 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 thanks, NASA. But because he goes, got him. Yeah, that's, that's so seen that somehow as acceptable.
0: So if they just shouted like, bailed or something, <laughs> or like,
1: down. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what Atherton does. Yeah, right?
0: down.
1: <laughs> be yeah. quite funny if it was Atherton and Hassan in a really snowboarding funny. commentary book. Can you imagine? There's Nick bumble Knight. as well. I'd love Nick Knight. Up <laughs> yeah. there. has he got enough? <laughs> has he got enough? Eh? No. Down. They
0: should do. They should do that. Sports commentators should swap sports. I mean, you get some commentators don't you, that do every sport. Uh...
1: Well, as listeners may already be able to tell, it's unbelievably hot in here. <laughs> this room. Is a furnace. It's new levels in here because what well, the air conditioning is broken. I think so. We're just a few minutes in, and already I'm uh, wondering how we're going to get to the end of it. <laughs> I'm starting to have. Uh, I'm starting to see mirages. But anyway, did you did you enjoy your holiday time? That's the the That's real the key main question. Thing.
0: Yes, I did, yeah.
1: Fantastic.
0: Uh, you can't, yeah. You've got to come next time, bro. It's brilliant. The Alps. So you know all the brilliant. terminology,
1: you know. Bro, like, yeah, bro. Yeah, I've
0: come back. Kind of cool. calling me dude before. Some dank air and stuff like that. We're going to lay it Lots down tonight, aren't we? Going to leave, not going to leave anything. I didn't get it because some of the commentators were saying that they were going to leave something on the slopes. <laughs> uh, he's, he's leaving it all out on the slopes. <laughs> but isn't that, isn't that the wrong way around? Isn't it supposed to be? He's leaving nothing. On the, you know.
1: Yeah, that's true. I don't know.
0: I don't know. So we, I'm either going to be leaving everything or nothing in the studio tonight, <laughs> depending on which which way you're coming at things.
1: Sometimes after you make a point, I might find myself going, Yes! <laughs> uh, but we'll see. Well, what's coming up on the show today? You might remember on the last show that we promised an England-free episode this week. Uh, but that ain't going to happen, I'm afraid, because it's all kicked off in the world of England Kevin Peterson's been sacked, as I'm sure everybody's aware. But we'll be discussing the fallout from that. We'll also be taking a little trip around the world, jetting off down to the Southern Hemisphere to discuss the uh, the two big test series that are taking place down there, New Zealand v. India and South Africa v. Australia. So there's a lot to get through tonight, a lot to look forward to. Um, but, I mean, before we get going, do you want to talk about the weather, Tone? It's gone absolutely bonkers. We usually like to cover the weather on the World Cup Show, don't we? And it's just been probably the most insane week of weather. It's been nuts. In but I've been away. British history. been away. Well, you've been here this week. It's been almost as bad at the times. Well, not the tides. In Guernsey, the, the real problem yeah. was the tides were so high. But in Britain, it's... Yeah, true. it's been a bit blowy, is not it? Yeah, I mean, that's under, under-describing it, arguably. Not cricket weather, you'd
0: say. No. Just lucky that we're not, no one's trying to play any cricket.
1: It must have been quite weird, I guess, when you were in the Alps to just hear about the news back home. Did it sort of feel like there was some kind of Disaster movie. like you know, home.
0: well, leave the island and everything goes to goes to pot, doesn't it? That's the problem. You know, I'm actually the one. It seems I'm the one kind of keeping things together and <laughs> the glue that's binding Guernsey society. Uh, and without me, people just started panicking, <laughs> running everywhere. Well, I think I saw footage and kind of photos and stuff, and it was biblical at times. It seemed waves breaking over the roads and stuff.
1: They look pretty nuts. Mm. It was pretty nuts. It's hot in here, isn't it? It's really <laughs> hot in here, yeah. <laughs> Tony, I'd like us to talk about Kevin because it's been a chaotic week for English cricket. A week in which English cricket went, I'd say, from rock bottom to uh, something worse than that, to total laughing stock. I'm sure everyone's well aware of what's happened, but just to quickly recap Kevin Peterson has been sacked from the England cricket team, the, uh, the various big cheeses at the ECB. Paul Downton, the new managing director, James Whitaker, the new chairman of selectors, Ashley Giles, the limited overs coach, and Alistair Cook, the England captain, got together last week uh, to discuss Peterson's future and decided that they didn't want him in the team anymore. And they issued a statement saying that uh, because they wanted to rebuild team ethics going forward, that they were going to be doing that without Kevin Peterson in any form of the game. I guess it didn't necessarily take people totally by surprise because it had been rumoured uh, after the stories of rifts with Andy Flower and so on. It had been rumoured that this was something that might be coming. But it was still a pretty uh, staggering development in a lot of ways and it certainly angered a lot of people. James Whitaker, the new Chief Selector, uh, gave an interview on Sky Sports the following day uh, because they also announced the World 2020 squad. And I don't know if you saw this interview, but it was just because you were in the Alps, weren't you? Mm. But it was, it was an absolute shambles. was shammel. more interested in biathlon, but... <laughs> And trying to do the half-pipe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was an absolute shambles that interview. It was uh Tim Abraham interviewing him. James Whitaker was just saying nothing over and over again right. and then it actually reminded me of a an early episode of the world Cup, <laughs> it was just a lot of mumbling not really making any sense and then his mobile phone went off halfway through and he had to take the
0: call i think i'd make quite i'd make quite a good kind of chair of the selectors <laughs> <wouldn't I? laughs>
1: you should be the ecb front man yeah that's when you roll it's certainly quite easy to get angry with you <laughs> um and speaking of being angry i am angry about this time i'm genuinely angry about this i, I had lunch the other day with good friend of the show jimmy and uh I just ranted about cricket for the whole 45 minutes. He should have known that. He should have seen that coming. <laughs> he just kind of sat there in silence. And I went, well, thanks for coming. paid <laughs> up and both went back to work. If only I was this passionate about anything that mattered, so I think my life would be in a better place. Um, but anyway, we'll get into some of my thoughts about this in a moment, which I'm sure everyone's looking forward to. But let's start with you, Tom. Right, yeah. What was your reaction to this news? How did you find out in the Alps? I don't know, actually. Good question. Because there's been... Several of these this winter. I, was, I thought, By my count, it's four where I've had a stunned text message from my brother-in-law. Yeah, it's the first yeah. I've known of it. First Trot, then Swan, then Flower, and now Peterson. And that's how I've found out the news.
0: Well, it's the pillars of English cricket just collapsing, aren't they? Who's next? They're left, aren't they aren't any left, are not think. Well, hardly any. Very few. Uh, I can't remember. I found probably some ludicrously expensive data bill. Will tell me that <laughs> when it arrives. Uh, I probably was probably at the top of Des Alpes, Uh checking it. Yeah, at the top of Mont Blanc. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, anger. I don't know if anger is the word I'd, I'd use. Bemusement, sadness,
1: confusion, confusion. You do you look confused?
0: I had a dream actually last night. It's on a separate issue that Angus Fraser was uh, appointed Guernsey cricket coach and like selector. Uh, and for some reason, I was also back in the fold. Uh, <laughs> okay. so- what do you mean back in the fold? <laughs> you don't need the word back in that sentence. Okay, I was in the fold. Yeah, uh, and I had to like deal with him, and he was like giving me kind of tips, right. and he had like a dossier as well, and like what he wanted to, like the way he wanted us to play cricket.
1: Any sentence that starts with "I had a dream that Angus Fraser is a sentence that I want to hear the end of." <laughs>
0: It's good, though, because he's, he's quite a nice character to have in your dream. Yeah.
1: Mild-mannered
0: is how I describe Mild, like, like Friendly, friendly. like yeah. soft-faced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, where to start on Peterson, I don't know. I mean, what's going on, mate? You
1: tell me. The reason that I'm angry, I think the main problem is, is the lack of a satisfactory explanation for why he's been dropped. To, to just cut him loose without anything more than a sort of passing reference to team ethics isn't really good enough. And and for England fans like you and me, Tane, I Just regular guys. Yeah, just uh, regular Joes. I think we have every right to be angry about this. You know, Peterson is England's best batsman. He's arguably the best batsman that England have ever had, or certainly one of the best batsmen that England have ever had. And he's just been dispatched without much of an explanation. And it's incredibly arrogant, I think, from the ECB. And it's incredibly stupid as well. It's arrogant because it suggests that they don't think they need to explain themselves. They don't feel... Like, they owe it to the fans to explain themselves. And it's stupid because it suggests that they didn't realise what an outcry there would be if they didn't explain themselves. Now, I understand that there are legal issues in play here, and that was what James Whittaker said in the Sky Sports interview when sort of directly asked about it. He said, look, I can't discuss this because there's an ongoing legal thing. And essentially, the, the terms of Peterson's severance package, I guess, include that they can't talk directly about this. But they wouldn't even necessarily have to go into specifics. I guess, you know, people are looking for the ECB to list some incidents that Peterson caused or was involved in that they that have led to this decision. But they wouldn't even necessarily have to do that. Just some just a few sentences along the lines of, you know, his behaviour off the field was unacceptable in Australia. Things like that that might help clarify the decision or at least, you know, give the impression that they care what the fans think. They've stayed silent and that's given them a real problem because they've made him into a martyr, haven't they?
0: Yeah, to a certain extent I'd agree with that. Clearly, he's got really always had a really kind of checkered history off the field. Has at times, obviously, rubbed some people up the wrong way and very stupidly. But for for one, there aren't you know, these players that he supposedly has fallen out with in the past, they're probably not there anymore because they've all gone. I don't know, you know. Well, a lot of them have, yeah. yeah so. In the future, I don't know if he was if he was to have been selected for this summer this summer's Test series. Yeah, I don't know who's who would have been there that he you know not got on with because it was virtually going to have to be a new team. So, uh... well,
1: Swan is one of the ones that he really didn't get on with. But Swan said in his Sun column that he didn't see anything in Australia to suggest uh, that Peterson was a disruptive influence. And Swan said that he was like, said something along the lines of you know to be fair to Kev, he's been brilliant since he came back in. But then Swan did leave after perth and the suggestions are that the problems were in melbourne and sydney but perhaps what england are worried about is the fact that there aren't any or hardly any senior guys left and what they're concerned about is that peterson might be kind of assembling a you know a, a an entourage around him what's the word i'm looking for like a not a harem <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean uh of the younger a guys clique. a clique yeah the, the younger guys that are coming in if he sort of takes them under his wing and it's it's going to be a, a sort of Peterson influenced team whereas what they want is a Cook influenced team. The senior guys like the Swans and the Trots that aren't there anymore, they were their own men but they're maybe a bit concerned that the Bear stows and the Balances and, and so on might turn into kind of Peterson men so perhaps that's part of what's going on here. But they need to explain that, I, I, again I understand that they don't feel they can expose the inner workings of the dressing room but If you take, for example, what happened in 2012 with the the text messages to the South Africans and all the problems with Andrew Strauss, I think if they had at that point decided, we're going to cut Peterson loose now, people would have been understanding because they knew what the problem was. It would still have been very disappointing. It would have been upsetting. You'd have still wanted Peterson to play for England, but you would have understood why they'd made that decision. Certainly, I would have understood that. But we don't have anything like that now. We're just kind of in the dark as to what it is that's happened. And until they explain what's happened, you know, I think people are going to be upset about this decision. The the one thing that has sort of come out, you know, not directly, but the but through journalists and on Twitter, and particularly through Piers Morgan on Twitter, is that um, after the Melbourne test, there was a, a team meeting of just the players that didn't involve Andy Flower, and uh, people were sort of saying some negative things about Flower, but then Peterson kind of seized on that and, and just launched into a, a real uh, vicious critique of Flower's coaching methods and, you know, took him apart, basically. And this got back to Flower, and that apparently is where it's all come from. I mean, if that is it, is that a, a good enough reason to get rid of him? It's a bit sensitive, isn't it?
0: If it is, it's a bit a bit weak. I don't know, you know, as you said before, Peterson is one of England's best players, if not the best, Uh, over the last, kind of well, since he came in, almost as soon as he walked into the team. Uh, And, you know, England England cricket probably needs a player like him to to be back and and firing. I don't know, it's it's going to be an interesting summer. But, yeah, I think it's kind of one of those situations where people forget it is just sport. I know it's some people's jobs, but it is, you know, it's not like the inner workings of government. There's not like national security is not on the line here. So just kind of, I don't know, be a bit frank. If someone, you know, if you're going to embarrass someone, and you're going to have to. But as you say, you know, there's a lot of people who pay, you know, who pay a lot of money and take a lot of interest in in English cricket, uh, namely the fans and the English cricket supporters. So they do kind of deserve better.
1: Well, I mean, it's this. more than that, isn't it? Because the fans are the reason. Yeah, exactly. That the, 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 the players are in jobs and the management are in jobs. If if the fans weren't there, there wouldn't be a need for any of these people, would there? That no, is it's... the essence of it. You know, with the fans paying money to come to the grounds and paying so much money to Sky uh, to watch the team play, and that's how England cricket makes its money, you know, I I, I do feel that they're owed an explanation. And as I say, it doesn't necessarily have to be a very specific list, but just something a bit more honest than what we've had so far. It might be that they they don't feel like they can give an adequate explanation, because, I mean, what Andrew Strauss has said is that... Um, if people are looking for a smoking gun, they're not going to find one. That There's no one specific incident. It's just a pattern of behaviour that makes Peterson hard to manage and means that the team is never quite as unified as it could be. And maybe that's the case, but just spell that out. If that's, if that's what it is, come out and say, have Cook come out or Downton or whoever come out and say, this is the reason why we're getting rid of him and we feel we're going to be a better team without him because we'll have more unity it's an interesting theory isn't it but then again you know
0: Peterson was there Peterson was part of the team that won the ashes series is uh was part of the team that won the world 2020 so England can succeed despite him and with him as well so. well absolutely
1: yeah and I, precisely because of that you do feel that maybe he's just being made a scapegoat for what happened in Australia and maybe it's partly a way of Cook trying to uh make sure that he's not made the scapegoat for what happened in Australia and it's a real gamble for Cook it, it creates a massive problem for him because as I say he's not exactly in a position of strength at the moment he's holding on to the captaincy essentially by virtue of there being no other candidates and a lot of England fans and a lot of people in the media already wanted him to go before he made this decision or was party to this decision and you know if England struggle this summer and Peterson's smashing runs for Surrey and smashing runs in the Caribbean Premier League or whatever Cook's going to be under pretty much unbearable pressure because they're they're, you know, there'll just be this guy out there who could come in and helping them out, but Cook doesn't want him there. You
0: no, know, you can see it as well. You know, Peterson, he said, and it well, he, he's clearly the sort of character that likes to prove points. Uh, and he's said that he's still desperate to play cricket, and he's, well, he's signed a new contract with Surrey. He'll be the only Englishman in the IPL. Yeah, you can see him having an absolutely glorious year, scoring tons of runs. And it, yeah, like you say, it's going to be an issue at some point. It won't be long before people are calling him for, for him to be reselected.
1: Well, th- what they've done is they've turned him into Daenerys Targaryen, haven't they, from <laughs> Game of Thrones, because he's this sort of uh, monarch in waiting. There'll be a feeling that maybe Peterson could come back across with his dragons and uh, make everything better for Team England. So it, unless England have an astonishingly good summer and score and, and Cook scores bucket loads of runs, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. I mean, yeah, it may well be that England do have very good reasons for this, and it may well be that Peterson is unmanageable. I mean... I don't know about you, but it strikes me that if I met Peterson, I probably wouldn't like him. Like he he might be the kind of guy that is very difficult to get along with. I mean I'm saying that in interviews he always seems pretty he always comes across pretty well. But yeah, it's possible that he's, you know, quite an abrasive character, not someone that I would personally get on with. And over the course of his career, he has fallen out with pretty much everyone he's come into contact with Natal, Nottinghamshire, Hampshire, fell out with Andy Flower, fell out with Peter Moores, fell out with Andrew Strauss, now seems to have fallen out with Alistair Cook who's a pretty easygoing guy, you'd have to say, and was the one who wanted Peterson back in the team. So, you know, there, there's one common factor there, which is Peterson. He's the one that's been falling out with all these people. So it's probably true that he is very, very difficult to deal with. But as an England cricket fan, you just think, well, just get on with it, because you don't see any of that. Damage. Yeah, we don't care. Is that failure of management then?
0: Yeah, I don't know. it's hard to believe that Peterson's more of a th- more of a difficult character now than he was... Four years ago, or three years ago, he must be getting bored of all this stuff. I don't know. Maybe, like you say, maybe he is a complete nightmare. But he must be slightly sick of all the nonsense. And you know, having kind of spent some time outside and then come back in, you'd have thought uh, you'd have thought he'd be quite he'd be quite chilled. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe there is something bigger. Uh, but you just don't. I don't know. England can't really afford it at this point. They should just suck it up.
1: Well, that's the thing, isn't it, with Trot
0: gone and Swan gone as well, and I mean, obviously Peterson didn't play that well in the winter, so. But then, who did? Well, exactly. But so you know, I can see certainly from some aspects, you would think just let's have a clean slate, let's get rid of any rot. But then again, Peterson's good enough; it, it can't be a terminal decline in his career.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it 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 might be possible to make a case that there are there are cricketing reasons to drop him as well, and some people have been trying to argue this i mean jeff boycott was his instant reaction as well you know like i've always been saying uh you play one too many stupid shots and you go and he's like peterson just kept playing stupid shots and it's caught up with him eventually and that's absolutely not what's happened (laughs) But boycott just trying to make it all about him again and how he was right you know it's not the manner of his dismissals that has been concerning or that should have been concerning people but it is true that his returns haven't been great In the last year or so, since the start of the English summer, he's averaged 33 in 12 tests. And, you know, given that he's going to be 34 this summer and has had serious knee injuries, it could be that at least part of the reason that they've decided that now is the time to get rid of him is because they feel that he's over the hill or he's approaching the top of the hill anyway. But I think it would be quite foolish to judge Peterson on the basis of the past 12 tests because no England batsman excelled in the past 12 tests. If that's the extent of the evidence that they're going to consider then Cook should go as well, and certainly Joe Root should go. And obviously that's not happening, that's not going to happen. You know, Peterson did have a very poor 2013, but his 2012 was as good a year as you could imagine. He you know, played three of the all-time great Test match innings in Colombo, Headingley and Mumbai. So you would think, give him a lot more time to, to see if he can still do that. And I would have imagined he'd still have two, three years left in him. And yeah, given that they've lost, Trot and Swan and maybe Pryor as well. You'd think they, they just can't really afford to lose another world class player wouldn't you? Amazing really
0: to think back just a few months but now he's kind of looking around uh, the England selectors must be googling away <laughs> trying to find anyone that can play cricket decently for England because I don't know. It, England cricketer Yeah, yeah. Like anyone uh, it does look a bit dry now the well's dried up.
1: Well, absolutely, yeah. I mean, and this is what I mean, because England will say, I mean, they haven't said, but I'm sure that their thought process is we're going to be a better team without Peterson. Even, you know, even though he's a world-class player, we will be a more unified team and therefore there will be a net gain by getting rid of Peterson. But that's going to be a very tough argument to sell because his absence will leave an absolutely gaping hole with other world-class players gone as well. It only really leaves Cook and Bell and Anderson... And maybe broad, but you know, root and balance at four and five is pretty underwhelming by comparison, isn't it? And it also makes England a much more boring team, which is a problem because England have been a pretty boring team for quite a while and now they're even more boring. Yeah. What does the future hold for him, do you think? You know, he's joined the Delhi Daredevils for $1.5 million. Bit of a surprise, maybe he didn't go for more money than that? Well, no one really went for big money, did they? I, didn't I think? guess so, yeah. Uh, for whatever reason. But yeah, I mean, he went for around that sort of figure before when he could only play half the amount of time that he's going to play.
0: Yeah, this. who knows? They've done it in rupees this year, haven't they? So, and then what's going on? It's impossible. <laughs> it can work tell. out. There's no way can't of working work out. out. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, personally, I don't know. He, he, you know, he looks a bit foolish now. Does I mean it's, it's happened before, but with his old three lines tattooed on himself, uh, it's, it's like getting your girlfriend's name tattooed on, <laughs> on and then on yourself and then breaking up with her, isn't it? So, no, it's a bit. It looks a bit embarrassing now.
1: Yeah, and I didn't want to mention it, but you have actually got four, five, is it five tattoos now down your yeah, right? arm? Yeah, yeah. They're lining
0: up. <laughs> uh, then again, I'm, I don't know, you, you get the feeling he's the kind of character who doesn't really, he's probably perfectly happy to just do his own thing. I, I don't know, I, this team stuff, I, I just, I'm not convinced that cricket, you know, it's. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. not that much of a team game is it i don't know yes you've already been going in the, the same direction yeah a little bit of team unity can't help I can't uh, can't but help but can't what what <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know. That sentence started off strongly but yeah
0: and uh, the... no, a little bit of team unity can't not help can't hurt can't help but not help <laughs> can't but help uh but then again like i don't know you, you know it is largely an individual sport so
1: well, it's a very it's a unique sport, unique. isn't it? Because yeah. it, each moment in a game of cricket is one on one, isn't it? It's bowler v batsman, but then obviously there's the fielders as well. But you know, essentially, it's a it's a one on one battle, but it's all contributing to the team cause. So yes, in a way, it, it is an individual sport, and a team is just the eleven best individuals. Unlike say football, where you've got to think about formations and strategy, and do these players gel well together. But the flip side to that is that cricket is also unique in that the tours are so long and they spend so much time together that, you know, England were in Australia from Halloween until the beginning of February. And that's an astonishing amount of time. I mean, yes, Peterson wasn't there for the whole thing, but there were some players that were there for the whole thing. And they're, you know, basically living in each other's pockets that entire time. So, yeah, while the sport itself is maybe not the most team based game around in terms of off the field, it is. And yeah, that's where the I think we
0: need to go on a tour. That's what we need to do. We need to we need to know what it's like to go north. So I might suggest that next time.
1: Suggest that to who? <laughs> I don't know. To, to Downton. Do you see a hashtag Downton Shabby was trending on no, Twitter. No, that's good though. That is good. <laughs> well, you say that. You Did might you be, start that. No, you might be uh, you might be retracting that when I tell you that I'm pretty sure Piers Morgan started that. Oh dear. It's quite this whole thing's been quite difficult to be honest because I have found myself in the position of agreeing with Piers Morgan about quite a lot of stuff and that's not a position that you really want to be in.
0: I don't really understand Piers Morgan's situation now (laughs) in the world he's like treated his opinions are treated like uh, with the same weight as people who've actually achieved something (laughs) so I don't
1: know it's weird. Yeah Uh, well Linda Smith said that uh, Piers Morgan she referred to him as Piers Morgan who used to be the editor of the Daily Mirror and is now forging a career for himself as the man who used to be the editor of <laughs> the <team laughs> Mirror. Yeah, and that's very true, isn't it? Well, he, he just pops
0: up. I, don't, I really don't care that he supports Arsenal. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like he doesn't know anything. Oh.
1: Yeah, people think that his opinions matter, don't they? Well, yeah. seemingly. Weird. Certainly, he does. I think
0: Peterson will be fine. You know, he's got plenty of cricket to play. This I'm sure year.
1: he'll be fine financially. But you know, he's he's not going to leave as much of a legacy if he just plays 2020 as a mercenary for the rest of his career. He'll make a lot of money but no one's really going to remember his feats for...
0: No, in the Bangladesh Premier or in the League. The
1: Bangladesh Premier League, exactly. Uh, and speaking of legacy, if this is the end of his England career, and I still wouldn't necessarily rule out the possibility that he could play for England again at some point, but assuming that this is the, the end of his England career, what will be his legacy? You know, he's, he scored all, the best part of 14,000 international runs, which is the most by any England player ever. Uh, 23 Test 100s, which is the second most... By any England player ever, so yeah, clearly one of England's greatest ever batsmen and almost certainly the most entertaining. But is there nonetheless a bit of a sense that he, he didn't quite fulfil hmm. his potential? Still, averaged less than fifty in Test cricket.
0: I mean, one of his legacies will, it will be that he he's, he'll have been a much better player than almost every pundit that will talk about him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he's already he's already including
1: got, us too as well.
0: Just about, yeah. you know, marginally. But there aren't, you know, there aren't, yeah, you know, the sky. Sky uh, punditry box, commentary box, that's what they call it, I think. Yeah. In the Sky commentary box. Uh, I mean, there really aren't... You know, even though there's a lot of English greats in there, past English captains and what have you, uh, none of them really can hold too much of a candle to, to Peterson in terms of ability and achievements, really. I mean, for different reasons, that you know, Gower, Botham, et cetera, have a, have a place. Both of them is pretty much untouchable. Uh, but, yeah, Peterson... I mean, people will fondly remember him
1: for sure, and yeah, he, it, uh, he
0: ha- I mean, he has slightly under delivered, but
1: that's the only thing. slightly. I mean, he his the achievements that he has achieved uh, do outstrip virtually anyone else that's played for England. But you'd still say that, yeah, he, he
0: could have delivered more. Well, I mean, really, he could only have delivered more though in terms of longevity, uh, and not least because he's been stopped short. But he obviously missed chunks and he started relatively late. Is that the Bill and end all You know, we've taught the. We've talked at length over the past few months about the likes of Callis Tendulkar, wonderful players, statistically untouchable in many ways. But you know, is that does that make them better than Peterson?
1: Yeah, good question. I mean, in raw ability, Peterson, I would say, is better than Callis. You know, he had more talent than Callis, but Callis was just much more consistent. And some of Peterson's innings overshadow anything that virtually anyone else has produced. Like I say, Colombo, Headingley, Mumbai the Oval in 2005. I mean, these are some of the great test match innings ever, but there were just often quite long gaps between them. And it's actually, if you if you look at his career as a whole, the graph did kind of go downwards, more or less, which is not the way you want it to go. I mean, I think he scored 14 test hundreds in the first three years of his career and then nine in the next six. And his average was going downwards in the last few years of his career. Yeah, I, I would say that he he didn't fulfill his potential necessarily and and in a way that's the most frustrating thing about this because I was still hoping that if you know if he would played on for another two or three years that he could have boosted that legacy he could have got his average up above 50 he could have played more unbelievable innings and just sort of uh cemented his place as as one of the all-time greats but at the moment I I don't think he will go down as one of the all-time greats he's not in the same category as Tendulkar and Callis and, and Lara is he but he could have been
0: yeah, no, he's not in the same category, but he's only not in the same category because of statistics, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I
1: because of the evidence <laughs> of his career, facts.
0: <laughs> I, I don't, want to parrot, you know, the likes of both of et etc. But you yeah. know, all this nonsense about bar clearers and all this business. Yeah. But, uh, but there isn't, there isn't a player though he's played for England to compare really to to Peterson. Well, maybe Flintoff.
1: M- maybe but in terms of clearing the bar i'd say flintoff's up there uh, i
0: think a lot of what made flintoff so popular and so kind of treasured by the fans what you know it wasn't so much about it was more i'd say the ball you know to a certain there were there were flashes of, of exciting batting but, but if we're
1: just talking about england cricketers then, yeah. then flintoff cleared bars as much as uh, but comparatively as as in collingwood maybe
0: <laughs> yeah well when trot when Trotty got in you know it really
1: <laughs> You cleared something. That Trot-Compton partnership <laughs> uh, cleared the bars. They cleared out the bars and out the ground, actually. Yeah, just just cleared just, everything. Just went home. Just
0: cleared the radius, man. Uh, but uh, you just can't... I don't think there's a comparison really to be made. I don't know. Peterson was pretty unique.
1: But, well, you're absolutely right. Like, if you're just talking about, you know, who's the, the most exciting player and, and this but kind this of is thing. the thing, has got to be right up there. But statistics do matter. And it's just which is more important to you, someone who's... You know, untouchable in flashes, or someone who's just but he's not extremely like, good all the time.
0: But he's not like, uh, you know, he's not like Shahid Afridi, is he? Who's obviously started off a lot better than he's finished. Comparatively kind of celebrated in terms of his ability to smash a ball and, and just do ridiculous things and play ridiculous innings. But, you know, Peterson has got statistical backup, hasn't he? he? He is the second most successful English batsman in terms of centuries. He has played a lot of tests. He's and the won, most
1: successful in terms of runs.
0: Yeah, he's won multiple ashes. He was player of the tournament in England's only ever limited overs kind of tournament win. So I don't know, it is there. The achievements are there.
1: No, you're you're absolutely right. He's the that.
0: only English player that anyone in the IPL cares about.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. And in terms of English history, he's right up there and maybe at the top. But I'm just saying in terms of test match history, yeah, okay. cricket history. Okay. He's but not one of the modern greats. On
0: that ba- on that basis, though, there are only a handful of test sides. You know, there are only a handful of t- teams that play cricket. So if, he- if he's England's best, he yeah, has to that, be in the conversation, yeah, okay. probably. Well, that, yeah, that maybe puts
1: him in the, the 30 or 40 best. But what I'm saying is that people won't talk about him in the no. way that they talk about Brian Lara. But they they could but done. they probably he, should he's talented they could still though i'll i will <laughs> <laughs> but like he he had all the attributes to to be in that company so it's a little bit disappointing and people always say oh the reason is because he kept throwing his wicket away and he, you know he'd play as cheap a shot." and partly that's true but we talked about this a lot over the winter but you know getting out is getting out whichever way you do it and there is this thing particularly in england i think that if you nick off to the slips that's somehow okay for the same score as if you hole out to long on, it's quite bizarre, really. You know the fact that Peterson took on these bowlers is what made him so exciting, and it really frustrates me actually because I watched the there was a Sky Sky put together a program of Peterson's best innings, that oval one in two thousand and five, the one five eight, which is you know one of the great innings of all time to to seal one of the great series of all time, uh, but he was dropped three times in that, uh, including top-edging a hook that was dropped by Sean Tate down at Fine leg. If he'd been caught there, people would have berated him for playing a stupid shot, but he got away with it. And he got away with lots of other top edges that went for six. And people went, oh, what a brave innings. What <laughs> audacious shots. And, you know, he always said, that's the way I play. And it's true. And I, I would rather have the whole package, I guess. What do you think? Do you think he ever will play for England a game? Do you think this is it? I, I wouldn't rule it out. I really wouldn't. We don't know...
0: How far further down England have got to travel before they kind of turn us around? It's, it's a amazing situation, but yeah, I'd, I'd have them back. Is it you know we're talking about cricket being a unique sport? It's seemingly quite unique in other ways in the sense that players can retire, be sacked, uh, and come and go more often than you know. I mentioned Afridi before; he's been in and <laughs> yeah, out more than like kind of anyone else. So it really doesn't it doesn't seem to be much of a barrier to entry once you've kind of been in the side. Yeah. You know, he'll be on the speed, he'll be on the speed though. How many someone. times
1: has Shane Warren retired from something? <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, he's retired from the IPL, he's retired from the big bash. I wouldn't rule it out. We need to take a break, Tank, because it's unbelievably hot in here.
0: Well, it's let's, let's press on, let's press on. I just
1: need to get some water, <laughs> okay? Oh, my god, it's ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> Around the world now. This is the part of the show called Around the World, where we talk about things that have been happening. Around the world and there's all sorts been going on around the world this week, Tone. So, we've got two big test series that are taking place in the Southern Hemisphere, one in New Zealand and, and one in South Africa. Do you sort of I do this, do you sort of group together South Africa with Australia and New Zealand? Like I think of them as being, oh yeah, they're all you know, they're all next to each other. Yeah, I know like what you mean. South Africa Australia is like a local derby. <laughs> but actually Cape Town and Sydney are seven thousand miles apart, which is quite a bit further apart than Cape Town and London. Uh, So I guess that's, in a way, that's just me being a a moron. (laughs) Um, But anyway, as we're recording this, we're only two days into the first test in South Africa, so we'll talk a lot more about that next week. But at the moment, it's all going Australia's way. Uh, They were put into bat, scored 397. Sean Marsh back in the team, 148. Steve Smith got 100. At the end of day two, Australia 140 for six. That man, Mitchell Johnson... Blowing away the top order, he's got four for 51 at the moment. The the pattern of the ashes carrying on. Uh, good to see Johnson getting wickets, good to see Steve Smith getting 100. Very good, Which Delighted. is not something I ever yeah. thought I'd say.
0: Couldn't be happier.
1: As an England fan, it's at, at least a little bit pleasing that he's uh, scored runs against South Africa's bowlers as well, because it makes us feel a bit better, doesn't it? It certainly does. On the other hand, Brad Hadding got a duck. I, I think I'd have probably killed a man for a Brad Hadding <laughs> duck a few weeks ago.
0: Well, it's it's a pretty strong start from the Aussies, isn't it, down there?
1: It's hard to see how South Africa are going to come back from that, but we'll wait and see. So we'll talk about that next week. Uh, But if we just hop across the pond from South Africa to New Zealand, uh, there's another fascinating series going on down there. India are in town, uh, and the second test will be underway by the time this is online. But but the first test uh, was won by New Zealand. Uh, It was in Auckland. The home side, batting first, made 503, a double hundred for Brendan McCullum, 224, and Kane Williamson got a century as well. India were then skittled out for just 202, with Trent Bolt taking three wickets, Tim Southey taking three wickets, and Neil Wagner taking four for 64. So there was a massive 1st innings lead of 301, but then New Zealand were blown away for just 105 to set India a target of 407, and they may have thought that they could pull off something astonishing there. Uh, particularly when they were 222 for two. But New Zealand stuck it out and eventually bowled the tourists out for 366. Three more wickets for Bolt, three more wickets for Salvi and four more wickets for Wagner. Uh, So they won the game by 40 runs, uh, which was a a pretty thrilling finish, actually. And a great result for New Zealand, wasn't it? Well, India haven't won a match (laughs) yet. They got bageled in the one-day series. So was this coming then? Were you you surprised by this result? As much as India, you know, have struggled overseas recently. I think you'd,
0: you're always surprised. You'd always, you'd have to be surprised by anything like this, wouldn't you? I think. But yeah, I mean, awfully close for, for New Zealand not to enforce and then only win by 40 runs. They would have been slightly nervous, I think, at, at certain stages of that. But yeah,
1: interesting series. Well, we touched on this the other week after that fantastic performance in the One Day series. We had a listener write in to say that this was the best New Zealand team he'd ever seen. Would you go along with that?
0: Well... Not being a New Zealand fanatic, I don't know. I can't remember too many great New Zealand teams. I don't know. You know, certainly they lost a few big players a few years ago. You know, they've come on pretty far since then. You'd have to say from the the Cairns etc. You know, that was a, a pretty solid side, wasn't it? Fleming Cairns, yeah, Astle etc. I cetera. think you'd
1: be overreacting to say that this is the best ever because yeah, that that early two thousands team with, as you say, Fleming and Astle and Cairns and Vittori, they were one of the better test sides at that point and, and one of the best ODI sides as well. But this team certainly looks like the best New Zealand side for quite a while.
0: Definitely. There's some really great performers in there.
1: Yeah, and it's a stark transformation from a year ago when they got absolutely humiliated in South Africa, bowled up for, what was it, 45? They I mean, strong. they're
0: never far away. You know, Mr. Taylor's back in the news, and he? he's been dropped for the second test for going on a bender on the eve of the first test. Uh, so he won't be around for the second test there. Uh, but yeah, I mean it does. Yeah, his return has been a big boost, and McCullum's still doing the business.
1: Well, yeah, and if you actually look at their results in the last year, you know they came within a whisker of beating England at home. Uh, they beat the West Indies. Now they're one nil up against India, and they actually just look like a a solid and a good Test match team, don't they? And you've, I think you've got to give a lot of credit to Brendan McCullum for that, and you've got to give a lot of credit to Mike Hessen for that as well because he's. The coach And he took a lot of flack for getting rid of Taylor as captain and bringing in McCullum. But that looks like a pretty sensible decision at this juncture, doesn't it? And the the really key thing is that they managed to put together a, a, a very decent bowling attack. More than decent, actually. It's pretty formidable. Salve and Bolt, who are genuine stroke bowlers. And Wagner got eight wickets in this match. Seems we laughed at Wagner <laughs> when it first came along. <laughs> well, we did laugh at Wagner, largely <laughs> because of his name. Yeah, He's also the source of probably my favourite chant in cricket history, which is, Wagner! Neil Wagner! But yeah, he's bowling well and yeah, part of a strong bowling attack. For India, this is a disappointing result, isn't it? They've now lost 10 of their last 11 overseas test matches. Even if they win this second test and get a draw, that will still be a disappointing result in New Zealand. I mean, yeah, at the moment, every team seems to be struggling to win test matches away from home. Pretty much nobody did it in the whole of 2013. Uh, but India's run stretches on quite a bit further back than that, back to 2011. And that's sort of back to the old days of Indian cricket, mm. isn't it? Back to the 90s when they, you know, they were unbeatable at home but couldn't beat a carpet away from home. Um, yeah,
0: and the fact that they lost the ODI series 4-0, uh, it doesn't reflect well.
1: But this is a team in transition, isn't it? The Tendulkas and the Dravid's and the Latchmans and the, you know, the other Galacticos, they were fading for the last few years and, and in themselves they were causing a problem in that they you know they were keeping other people out of the team and that's one of the major reasons I think why they struggled so badly in England and Australia but they're all gone now and that brings another problem which is just it's quite an inexperienced side isn't it and as much as Pajara and Kohli and Dewan and Vijay look like serious test match batsmen they just don't have a lot of test experience they don't have experience in South African conditions or in uh, New Zealand conditions so it will take some time, but I think there are some encouraging signs there for India, and it is a good thing that they've moved on from all these old stars. Some of these new guys, Kohli and Pujara in particular, look like they could very well you know, hit the heights of those, those old stars as well. What's your verdict for the rest of this series? There's one test to go. Can New Zealand finish the job in Wellington? Tough to back against it.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm going I'm to go for New Zealand to win the series. A New Zealand win. They're going to win. Oh! We're going to one. Is that rude? I don't
1: know. (laughs) There was a Canadian, I think, snowboarder called Denny Morrison uh, that just made... Just Every time the commentator said it, I thought he was making fun of Danny Morrison. (laughs) (laughs) It's Denny Morrison. (laughs) Here comes Denny. Much like Tony Kerr on a snowboard, this episode of the World Cricket Show has been going downhill in an alarming, uncontrolled and ungainly fashion for quite some time. And he's not anywhere near as cool as it thinks it is. And it's probably about time therefore that we put a stop to it.
0: Well, it's been going downhill in an alarming and ungainy fashion, but it's about to take off. <laughs> there you go. Well, or not. Or yeah, not. It's quite down the, the centre of the half pipe.
1: Uh, have you enjoyed yourself tonight, Tim?
0: I've had fun, yeah. I've lost about three pounds, I think, <laughs> in about forty minutes.
1: In sweat.
0: In sweat, yeah. You think we've got a boxing match tomorrow?
1: I actually cannot believe how hot it no. is. <laughs>
0: It's ridiculous. I
1: apologise if we just said weird stuff tonight. I, I, yeah, I don't. I can't really remember. I what feel like we've only about. been in
0: here for about five minutes, but yeah, it's a bit of. A Actually, bleh. it's been six it's hours. Been six hours we've been in here. Christ.
1: Oh well, before we go, quick little quiz update. Right, go on then. Uh, listeners are of course aware that we are in the middle of a, a six-week quiz, pub quiz, and bar trivia. The first week we uh, we lost on a tiebreaker. Joint first, lost on a tiebreaker. Second week was disappointing. Third week, you went away uh, and we immediately improved. You could, you know, good friend of the show. When you said that we, we lost the first week on a tiebreaker, so you didn't improve on that. Yeah, but the second week we were down in fifth or something, weren't we? And you know, third week, good friend of the show, Jimmy, came in in your place and straight away you could see everyone <laughs> much more confident, just feeling much better about themselves. A lot more team unity, actually. Yeah. I mean, uh,
0: quickly, though, that disappeared and the calls were they're back in. Oh, Please come back.
1: From what I hear, though, you have been sending some pretty unflattering texts about me <laughs> to uh, captains of the other quiz teams. But yeah, we we had a better week. We finished second then, though. On the final round, again, we threw it away with a stupid. Should have known. Should have known the answer. Jimmy White was the answer. Didn't get that right. Uh, but then, anyway, you returned for the fourth week, and immediately we got worse again. Very disappointing this week, wasn't it?
0: Well, yeah. Because we're never going to win a, a quiz while well, there's a music round in it. Mm, it's, it's just not going to kill happen. us
1: every time. It ain't, ain't going to happen. Because all the questions are about music. Crap in the music the 70s well. and the 80s, I and hate, we weren't around. I
0: hate people from the <laughs> 70s and 80s. Hate them. Hate them. <laughs> None of the answers were from like music from the last there. Uh, should we post-Atherton era music?
1: <laughs> well, we've had four weeks of quiz now, music around every week. I don't think there's been a song that was recorded since 2000.
0: Oh, go further than that. And one of the
1: only ones in the 90s is Pulp. Obviously, he's a big Pulp fan, because I think there's been three (laughs) Pulp songs so far. And otherwise, it's 70s and 80s. Awful. Not only do I not know the songs, I've never even heard of the songs, all the bands (laughs) involved. And I I like 80s music. It's awful. Help. (laughs) Could we sort of do like a live podcast, you know, have the the mics under the table or something, and we'll just get listeners to tweet at us the answer. It's awful.
0: There's even there's been no questions about cricket in four weeks either in the sport round.
1: Uh, we had one, I think, last week. What county did Andrew Flintoff play for? Oh, like, right. like everyone's gonna get that. Yeah. Yeah. I want like really obscure. Who played six tests for the West Indies between <laughs> 1995 and 1997? Yeah. That kind of thing. Born
0: in Saint Lucia, I played yeah, <laughs> two ODI's in New Zealand. Who am I?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what i want yeah but i'm not sure it's going to happen <sighs> well yeah i hate quizzes and we i, I hate we, other people's knowledge it was a really poor week because we we ended up about 12 points back so i think having been you know right in the hump for the overall price the cumulative prize, we've now thrown that away so it's two weeks to go. we've got to we've got to pull something out of the bag we've got to win one of these last two weeks then
0: Desperate Desperate Do some
1: homework this week Can you just read Wikipedia Listen to some music Just keep reading Wikipedia And listening to music From the 70s and 80s It's desperate Right well tune in next week For the latest (laughs) Stay tuned Stay tuned This is like a a developing story (laughs) We'll stay across it Right here on the World Cricket Show Uh, But between now and next week If you enjoy the show There are various things You can do about that Uh, Check out our online website Which is cricketshow.net Like us on Facebook That's facebook.com slash cricket show I believe we're now only Guernsey's fourth most popular Facebook page Tony this is very disappointing it's because the weather has overtaken us the weather's been so bonkers that Guernsey weather every man's
0: bloody dog has got a weather Facebook page now <laughs> amateur weather forecasting <laughs> it's
1: BS if we start doing that on the World Cricket Show page as well then yeah yeah true that gets people beast the likes um, so yeah check us out on Facebook follow us on Twitter I'm at Cricket Show Tony is at Tony Kavir. T O N Y C V Double R you can find Tony on Tinder as well if you just keep swiping. Send us an email that's world at gmail.com. How was your Tinder game in uh, in the like Des Alps? That's my Tinder game. Yeah. Uh limited. Didn't need it. Didn't, <laughs> Didn't need, need it. it. Didn't need it. No. You've come back with three new tattoos, so <laughs> clearly it was quite successful.
0: The thing is the great thing about the about the Alps is it attracts nice young people from across you know, Northern Europe, uh, which is fantastic. And, you know, is exactly what I
1: exactly <laughs> This is where I I be wanted. aware, because I've edited out, but there was a 15-second pause between Tony <laughs> saying the word attract <laughs> and the word nice young people. It was just staring into space. Oh, dear. Uh, anyway, yeah, send us an email, show at gmail.com. Write a review for us on iTunes as well, if you've got a spare minute or two this week. We really appreciate all of those. Uh, and that's it i think stay in school everybody i'm off for a shower <laughs> it's so hot in here my god and I mean, it's really cold outside oh it's a nightmare jesus christ well anyway let's let's get out of here see you next week everybody great
0: it up to us it up to us day yeah yeah i can smell your